So how many of you were taught to pray when you were kids? How many of you kneeled by your bed and prayed? Yeah, not all of you, some of you. So I was taught that you should always pray before you go to bed. And pray, like you had to pray hard. You had to pray for your parents and for your grandparents and for all of your friends. And you had to ask forgiveness for anything you did because if you didn't make it through the night, you didn't want there to be any question, right? <laughs> Where you were going or what was gonna happen. And so, so when I first was raising my older boys, I was teaching them that you have to pray. And our oldest son, Josh, was next to me, and my mom was visiting. She was next to me, and we were kneeled next to the bed, and we were saying our goodnight prayers. And Josh was praying for what he wanted, and he said, you know, please bless mommy and daddy, and please bless my friend Sarah and my friend George, and don't forget I want a bicycle for my birthday. And I said, Josh, God is not deaf. And he said, no, but Grandma is. <laughs> we pray for things in an interesting way, don't we? We pray in an interesting way. We, we were taught to pray in this beseeching way. And sometimes when we're little, we even pray for things so that our parents can hear us what it is we really want. We, as we get older, we have to evolve our God. We have to evolve what it is that we do. We have to understand that prayer is a very powerful, powerful tool, one of the most powerful that we have. And science is confirming this. Over 1,500 studies have been done on prayer, on the impact of prayer, and most associated with health, with what happens for us when we pray for ourselves and for each other, when we're sick, when we're in the hospital, um, when we have something going on. And there is a ton of proof, over-repeatable kind of, of outcomes, a ton of proof that prayer changes what happens, that people who are prayed for, even if they're prayed for by strangers, will heal with fewer complications and will heal more quickly than people who are not prayed for. And an interesting study in, in, uh, from the University of Texas in 2015 found that people who go to church every Sunday live, on the average, seven years longer than those who do not. Wow. <laughs> so I want you to hear the every Sunday part. <laughs> no. It's just an interesting measurement, isn't it? It's an interesting measurement. So what is happening that makes us healthier when we're in touch with our faith, when we're praying, when we're connecting to what is holy for us? What actually happens? Well, at Unity, we would say it has to do with prayer being something that changes the consciousness of who we are. So when we're young, many of us were raised in traditions that taught us to pray to a God out there. And at Unity, and this is important for you to know if you're visiting, at Unity, we're working from Christ consciousness. Our true effort is to turn inward, to find the holy inside of us, and bring it forward and express it, to really live from that. 
to really understand that we are interconnected and one with all that is, and that there is one power and one presence, and you can call it whatever you want, but it is one thing, and we emerge from that. That's where we come from. We're never separate from that, ever, ever, ever. Just like waves can never be separate from the ocean or they become drops of water, they will evaporate and they're gone, right? We are never separate from the holy source. That's where we come from. And we carry it not only with us, but if we were not that, it's our belief that we wouldn't be animated. There would not be us. It's really what everything is, not just... The fit, the, not just the, the human moving parts, but the non-moving parts too. Everything emerges from that one energy, that one source, that one power. So when we pray, we're inviting ourselves to change our state of being, to become different in how we pray. And we're letting go of childhood ideas of a God that we can beg a God that we're going to reach out to and say, please make this different. We're letting go of our ideas that we have to uh, deal with our unworthiness, that I'm not worthy, so please forgive me and heal someone else. We're letting go of all of that and inviting ourselves compassionately into the awareness that we are wholly divine beings expressing the divine mind. And as such, we speak with spiritual authority and we pray with spiritual authority. And from that authority, we change ourselves and we change the divine presence of all that is. And we know it works. We know it works because science is showing us. We've known it worked, but science is now confirming in case we had any doubt. So if you're here, it can be really confusing when we start talking about the God inside to figure out why the heck would I pray? Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to when I pray? Linda Marcella Whitsett is a unity minister who wrote a book called How to Pray Without Talking to God. How to Pray Without Talking to God. And, and it's a little misleading because we're still talking to the holy, aren't we? We're still talking to the divine in us. But she starts with the words that I had you say earlier. All that is, I am. First and foremost, she says, you have to understand that you're connecting to everything. That anywhere there is the holy, all of the holy is present. So it's not like we carry a little spark of the divine inside of us. Anywhere the holy is, all of the holy is. When we call to the divine, we call to the fullness, to the oneness. We plug into the entire mastermind, not just to a little fragment of it. And when we recognize ourselves as connected with that, we're supercharged. Our work is supercharged. So the first thing that we do when we pray from a unity perspective is we acknowledge the oneness, that we are all connected Everything that is, I am. All good, I am. The oneness that is, I am. I am the divine voice. I am the divine spirit. I am the divine expressing. And because I know that the divine is all powerful, immutable, all good, so I am also all powerful, all good, 
expressing forward. So what are we praying for? What happens when we pray is we pray because we're afraid. We pray because we're angry. We pray because we saw somebody on the street, maybe one of those guys with a sign, and they look like they could use a prayer. We pray because someone we know is struggling. We're not so good at praying for ourselves most of the time. We pray for everybody else. Once in a while, once in a while we remember to pray for ourselves. So let's think about what happens when we're afraid. Because fear generally comes from some level of experience in our life that we have no control over. So when we pray, we speak truth of the divine. All that is is oneness. We claim that. I am that oneness. And then we deny whatever it is that we want to let go of. Whatever it is that isn't serving us. So why would we do that? Um, I am afraid. I, this fear has no power over me. This fear has no power over me. Does that mean that you're not afraid? No, it does not mean you're not afraid. This fear has, this anger has no power over me. Does that mean you're not angry? No. It doesn't mean that we pretend something isn't happening, that we push it behind us and pretend it's not there. It means we look at it. This fear right here in front of my face, this fear right here in my heart, this anger, this frustration, this worry has no power over me. It exists. I acknowledge it. It's here. I do not give it power over my life. This is an important statement biologically because when you're afraid or you're angry biologically, you go into fight or flight. And when you go into fight or flight, some interesting things happen. The communication centers in your brain stop. They, they close down and all of your energy gets shifted out. All the, the oxygenated blood in your body gets shifted out to your arms and your legs because you're going to fight or flee, right? So all of your energy goes to your outer extremities and you think with your reptilian brain. When you think with your reptilian brain, you can respond quickly, not wisely. So when we say this fear has no power over me and we truly give it our spiritual authority, this fear has no power over me. We settle ourselves down We change our state of being, and we give ourselves more of our brain to work with, more of our wisdom to call forward, more oxygenated blood in the center of our body to digest the experience that we're having. Makes a huge difference in our biological state. It's not just a good idea. It actually does something in your body to have that denial and to claim your power back. So I want you to just say it with me. Just think of something that you're afraid of. Let it just sit in the front of your brain. Just something that scares you. Spiders. That scares me. Whatever it is. Now, hold it in your hands. Know that it's there. And say it with me, with spiritual authority. This fear has no power over me. Can you feel the difference? 
Can you feel the shift in how you respond to it? Let's say it again. This fear has no power over me. So now we've claimed our power back. What happens next is whatever is our intention. This circumstance has no power over me. Today, I move forward in light and love and peace. Let's use, doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on, this political situation has no power over me. I move forward as the divine expressing, bringing peace and love. And clarity and wisdom and many things. What are you going to do with your next Facebook post? This Facebook post has no power over me. How many of you read 17 of them and then wonder why you're upset? Right? This has no power over me. I can read it, know about it, gain information, and move forward as I choose. As the divine in motion making good decisions, being wise in what comes out of my mouth. It matters right now that we know how to do that work just about more than anything else to be able to claim our power and not give it away. No matter how you feel, we live in a world right now that feels out of control. The fear in our society has no power over me. I function through and from the divine mind as the holy in action. This matters. It matters that we can think clearly, that we can make good choices. It matters when we see people struggle, that we can hold ourselves in a place that shifts the divine presence. That we can actually pray from our deep heart, not beseech something out there that's going to perform miracles, but that we can know we have divine authority to claim who we are and to work from that. Because no matter what faith you follow, and there are people from many different faiths in this room, every master... Every master claimed their divine center. Every master claimed their divine self, their spiritual authority to do this work. This claiming is the greatest challenge we have to claim who we truly are and to be that, to be brave enough to be that, to do that to express that in all that we do. So we pray. We acknowledge oneness. We claim our divine expression of it. We deny what is on our path and we speak to what it is that we want to bring in. And then we say, and so it is. Amen, amen, and so it is. Amen, amen means verily, verily means truly, truly, means really, really, (laughs) really, really, so it is, (laughs) okay? 
literally, it means it's, it comes through three languages, and it means truly, truly, surely, surely, verily, verily. I like really, 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 right? Amen, amen. And so it is. Truly, truly, so it is. So, for the next 30 days, I'm asking you to do a couple of things. Actually, a little longer than that, because this week we go into Lent. And so we're going to stay in this practice until Easter, which is more than 30 days. It's at least 40 days, plus some Sundays. What I'm going to ask you to do is pray without saying God. Well, you didn't even flinch. (laughs) What I'm going to ask you to do is find other names for the holy. To use different ways than what you were taught as a child to separate out. Because God for us was a name, for most of us, a name of something outside of ourselves. So I want to invite you into a period of time where we're separating from what we were taught to what we have learned as spiritually mature adults. And I want you to find names for the holy. Love, divine life, light, source, presence. You have those names in in your repertoire. I want you to come from those in your prayer to acknowledge the oneness and connectedness that we are, to pray each day, to pray each day because your prayer will change the state of who you are, but not to do it on your knees next to your bed, to do it at your desk, to do it in your chair, to do it as you're on your walk, to pray in your everyday life because you got to be able to do this in the parking lot of Safeway when somebody needs it, right? you got to be able to do this no matter where you are, what's happening around you. you got to be able to pray anywhere, anytime because prayer is first choice, not the just thing we do when we can't do anything else. It's the very first thing that we do. Even if what we are doing is praying that We come to our holy center, we make our choices from a place of wisdom, we move away from us anything that blocks us from bringing forth the divine presence that we might act in our own best interest. Amen, amen, and so it is. So, if you're willing to do this with me, we have a couple of challenges ahead of us. One is I have to remember to do the closing prayer differently. Because we're not saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. We're saying, amen, amen, and so it is. So I have to remember that. And then, after that, we're going to sing the peace song. And then that screen is going to come up on the end, isn't it? And we're going to say, I am the presence of... Mm." Oh, no. I am divine presence. I am divine love. I'm enfolded in divine love. I am the divine love enfolding me. We're going to have to play with it. I'm not sure. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Play with it. Play with it. You can't do this wrong. It doesn't matter if we all say the same thing. It matters that we exercise our mind and our heart to do this differently. Are you in? Oh, man, that was not very good. Are you in? Oh.
good. Okay. All right, then. Divine authority, spiritual authority. I have some quotes for you. Mahatma Gandhi said, in prayer, it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Jonathan Edwards said, prayer is as natural as an expression of faith as breathing is of life. Gary Busey said, Gary Busey said, I can't believe it was Gary Busey, that's funny. (laughs) Gary Busey said, amen is not the end of a prayer. It just gets us ready to go to the next level. Hmm, who'd have thunk he'd have said that? Ernest Holmes said, I am guided by the same intelligence and inspired by the same imagination which scatters the moonbeams across the waves and holds the forces of nature in its grasp. And Dutch Sheets said, prayer is not a check request asking for things from God. It is a deposit slip, a way of depositing God's character into our soul. Mm 